Hey there, welcome to LSAT Demon Daily. Um, I'm Delia and I'm joined by Marissa today and we are both teachers and tutors here at the LSAT Demon. Um, I think we have an email from a listener today. Marissa, do you want to kick us off by reading that email? Absolutely. So it reads, hello, hope you're doing well. Recently, I've been scoring really well, mid-170s on tests, practice tests, presumably. Uh, a lot of this is because I have increased my reading comp from between minus five to minus nine to now minus zero to minus two through changing my approach to RC from another not to be named test preps, RC method to the LSAT demon approach. Cool. All right. Glad you're uh, learning something from us over here. They go on to say, thanks. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> I, however, suffer from debilitating test anxiety. I first took the test three years ago during the early LSAT flex days while I was in college. I am now performing better on my practice tests than I was back then and have testing accommodations due to my medical conditions. Uh, but I scored a 157 when I was consistently scoring around a 170 on my actual tests. Uh, I'm assuming practice tests and then like an official 157. Um, do you have any tips for dealing with text testing anxiety on test day? Thanks so much, H.E. What do you think, Delia? Awesome. Well, first, H.E., thanks for writing in and congrats on getting these awesome practice test scores. It seems like you're in a really good place with your practice test. So I would say, you know, if you're continuing to study, like keep that up. Whatever you're doing, keep it up. Um, keep grinding. That's awesome to hear. In terms of the testing anxiety, though, um, I feel like both Marissa and I probably have some experience with that and we're willing, we're going to kind of talk about that and share our experiences. But first I want to say just for anyone listening, um, HE has already done this, which is awesome. But if you do feel like you're eligible for accommodations, um, because of any condition that you might have definitely apply. Um, don't be afraid to apply. I feel like the LSAC has been known to be pretty generous with accommodations if you're able to supply like reasonable proof. So definitely look into that. If you feel like, you know, we're talking about test anxiety here, but if you have any thing that you feel like might prevent you from scoring your best on the LSAT, definitely look into getting accommodations, but it seems like HE has already done that. So kudos to you. Um, that's awesome. In terms of my own experience, I also have always struggled with test anxiety, uh, pretty bad test anxiety for as long as I can remember. Even in high school, when I took the ACT, um, I had, I had pretty bad test anxiety, but I think the biggest thing for me and, um, I'll, bounce over to you, Marissa, in just a second. But I think the biggest piece of advice I would have before we kind of like really dive into this topic is like, try to test in the exact same conditions or as close to the exact same conditions that you're doing your practice test in, because it seems like you're experiencing a discrepancy between, you know, um, your practice test scores and your actual test or score on the actual day. And what we want is to like, I would encourage you to do some like digging and ask yourself, are you doing anything different on that actual day than you are doing when you're taking your practice test and try, if you are try to pinpoint that and, and not do that thing, maybe like do some reflecting and see like, okay, what am I doing on practice tests that I'm not doing on test day? Or what am I doing on test day that I'm not doing on practice test? Because whatever that thing is, if there is a difference could be causing your anxiety to kind of flare up and might make um, might be like correlated with that lower score on the actual day. So that would be my first piece of advice is just for any listener, actually, you know, like we want, we say like treat the actual test just like a normal practice test. So, yeah, I think, I think that can seriously help. And I feel like it helped me when Tessa actually came to kind of do it in the same setting that I was used to 
minimize distractions, have the same kind of morning routine that I would have in any other day where I was taking a practice test. I feel like that helped me feel less anxious and feel like it was just a regular, any other practice test. But Marissa, do you have any thoughts? Yeah, totally. I agree with everything that you said. I feel like um, a lot of it is pressure that we put on ourselves, making ourselves feel like the test day is different than our practice testing. So yeah, I think a lot of what you said is really helpful. Like for me, like I, it routine is really important to me to keeping myself like grounded. I think anxiety is like the, like it's like, it's like a feeling of not being in control and like on a test, like the LSAT, you aren't in control. Right. And that's just the, like when you're in school, when you're in law school, when you're taking the bar or whatever, it's like a fixed amount of things that they could test you on. The LSAT is a test of skills. There's all kinds of stuff that comes from everywhere. And so I can totally get why it's like anxiety inducing. And it was for me too. Like, uh, what are they going to throw at me? Right. So for me, it's all about control. And so like the illusion of control is like me controlling what I can control, which is my routine. Like Delia said, for the tests that I, the official tests that I took, I took them at home in the place that I had been studying. I also, the week before, you know, I was like, all right, if I'm taking my tests Friday at 10 AM, then the Friday before I'm waking up at, you know, nine, eating the breakfast I'm going to eat, walking my dog the way that I'm going to walk her on the day, grabbing my snack, going back inside, you know, sitting down, taking a practice test. And that's my dress rehearsal. Right. Mm -hmm. And then the next week, hopefully it goes the same way for me. It did not right. Like handle broke off my door. I had to climb in through a window, crazy stuff, but like <laughs> having like already put myself in situations where I'm like, all right, this is how the light's going to be coming through the window. This is where I'm going to be sitting. Like all that stuff. I was like, forget all the stuff that happened outside of my control this morning. Right. Let me wash my face. Let me sit down and just go for it. Right. Because the skills are there. That's what you're, that's what you were preparing for. And then the conditions are sort of outside of your control. So to the extent that you can accept that and just be like, I'm going to play my game. Uh, that's really important. Like Delia said, we have a tendency to do things out of, the ordinary. If you're a person who attempts three passages and three games and on test day, you're like, let me just go for all of it. That's not playing the way that you practiced, right? Like if you're practicing a certain way, if you practice not looking at the clock, like we recommend, then don't look at the clock on test day, right? Don't do things differently just because the stakes are higher, right? Uh, so yeah, stick to your routine, stick to the things that you know what you're doing. And like, that is my best advice. I think. Yeah. I love that. Like, I like the, like saying like practice the way you play. I think that's seriously so important. Um, and, and to figure out whether you're doing that, like, I think you, you might have to do that, like serious reflecting, like really ask yourself, what did I do? You know, when you got that 157 HE, like, what did I do differently, um, that I wasn't doing when I was taking my practice test and figure what out what that is. And then, you know, ask yourself, do I need to change that? Do I not need to do that thing? Like, Marissa said, is it, was I trying to push myself too hard to get to the final passage when I normally don't make it to the final passage? And maybe I was rushing myself, you know, like there's all these factors that even like one small change from your typical routine can have like a big impact on how you test. So figure out a routine that works for you with practice tests and stick to it on the actual test day. I think that's going to help you so much. And back to the control thing, like control what you can, which is like Marissa said, the skills that you've learned, like you have been if you're scoring, you know, mid 170s, clearly you're really good at this test and you 
probably know what you're doing. So do that. That is the thing that is in your control, right? Like the test tells you what you need to know. Uh, remind yourself that remind yourself that you've worked hard to get to the point that you're at and to score the scores that you're scoring. <laughs> That's like a, some, yeah, confusing way to say it, but you worked really hard to scores, score the scores that you're scoring. Um, so carry that on to test day. Like, I think it's easier said than done, but, um, I think the routine aspect is important. And also another thing that I feel like I tell students to think about is like Marissa said, with the whole getting locked out thing, like there are things that are going to be outside of your control. Um, Maybe not that specifically, but at, at the very least, like potentially with proctor issues and all the things mm, that come yeah. with taking an online test. So I would definitely say like prepare for the worst, maybe as bad as that sounds, like control what you can, let go of what you can't and, and prepare for potential like internet issues or proctor issues. Because yeah. then when they come, I think a lot of anxiety arises when, like Marissa said, when things are out of your control, but if you expect things to pop up that are out of your control, then you're probably going to be less anxious when they do happen. Like when yeah. I took my official tests, like I had pretty bad proctor issues, but I told myself going in, like, I'm probably going to have proctor issues. Like, it's just, I heard, I've heard of so many people having them. Like it's something that I feel like could potentially be inevitable, inevitable. So I'm going to mentally prepare myself for that to happen. And if it doesn't happen, and it's like a pleasant surprise. Um, so that's yeah. just kind of one extra tip. I agree with that. Yeah. And I think that like the, the way that we prepare for the worst is by knowing that we're taking the test multiple times, right? Like, yeah, it's not like, uh, it's actually, if you think about it, it's like not the championship game. It's really like a playoff series, right? Mm -hmm. We're looking for best of five, you have five chances, you know, to it's imperfect, but you have five chances to show them your best stuff. Right? right. So preparing for the worst, looks like, okay, I'm not putting all my eggs in the September basket. I'm taking September and October or September, October, November, right? Like you have multiple cracks, uh, multiple, um, chances here. Uh, so yeah, just like reminding yourself that that takes the pressure off. And also like another secret weapon is also just not getting married to a specific cycle, right? Like, or, Right. What the, I don't know what the phrase is, but like, like not just, you know, being like, this is the be all end all of cycles, right? You, you apply when you have your best score, you take your test when you have your best practice test scores, right? Like following the, and you take the test multiple times. So just following the sort of progression of things, letting things happen naturally, as opposed to trying to like engineer some specific outcome at a specific time. Right. So just, I think that comes with a little bit of calm like on the on the demon a lot of it's like meditation right like how do I step back and take a deep breath and I think that that's really important during the test right like obviously a bunch of messed up stuff happened before my test started but then I also had proctor issues what you need to do is just well first of all you're a proctor's person so like having a conversation with them up front is totally fine and being like if you're going to do this, will you stop my time? If we're going to have this situation, what happens? Like that kind of thing. There's a time for questions. Also, when you're taking the test, yeah, pausing. Because we say you need to spend as much time with a question as it takes for you to get it right, right? That's also true with like, you need to spend as much time getting your mind right as it takes for you to be able to be successful on a section, right? So if things are going off the rails, it's not a time waster to take a minute or two to take a couple of deep breaths and reset yourself because that's going to pay dividends in the long run, as opposed to trying to blast through something when you're in this anxious state. Right. 
if you have stop start accommodations, stop, right? And say, hey, I'm panicking a little bit. I just need to get a drink of water, wash my face, whatever. If you don't, then, hey, I'm going to devote this next minute to taking a couple deep breaths, seeing if I can get myself back on track, you know, new leaf with the next question kind of thing. So yeah, that's what I got. Yeah, no, I'm glad you brought up the the meditations because I feel like, well, it's science, right? Like if you start to feel overwhelmed, like getting oxygen to your brain is going to help improve your focus. So don't feel like you're wasting time by taking, like stopping and taking a deep breath and like recentering yourself. It is going to pay off. Like Marissa said, it will. I did it multiple times on the test. When I started to feel really anxious, I was like, oh, this is, this is a little bit of a tougher problem. Like, um, I know I can do it, but I'm getting a little nervous. I would stop and I would be like, okay, I'm not going to perform my best with this mindset. So I have to recenter myself. I need to take a deep breath. I'll breathe in for like two seconds. I'll breathe out and then I'll get back to it. Um, I don't think I wasted time. I feel like if anything, if I had continued to try to push through with that, like in that like panic nervous state, I would have really like hurt, um, my ability to do well on the test. So definitely, definitely, definitely. If you, uh, if you're drilling on the demon, you'll see that if you've been doing it a long time, you'll like get a pop-up. That's like, take some time to like meditate, take a deep breath seriously do that. Like, I think it's so, so helpful. Um, and if you're someone who is anxious naturally or, or struggles with anxiety, like doing that on the test will probably help you so much. Or even if you don't, like we all get nervous, like it's a natural human thing to, if you care about something, which you, you know, you're going to care about the LSAT, I assume, or why would you be taking it and going to law school? If you care about something, you get nervous. So, you know, take the time to do what you need to relax your brain, um, in the, in the, moment. And I think one way that you can kind of prepare to do that, if you're not doing it already, um, HE and anybody who's listening when you're taking practice tests, like practice taking breathing breaks. Uh, that's what I kind of did. Mm-hmm. And I felt like it helped me get comfortable with like what it would be like on test. Say if I got nervous, like I would just take a few seconds during my practice test and like practice doing that meditating. Um, yeah. And I, I think it, I think it really helped me come to say when I started feeling anxious, I was like, okay, I know that I have the time to stop and take breaths and still finish the section or still finish however many passages or whatever and do well because I did it in, in uh, practice. And I think that idea just comes back to the idea of like, figure out your routine and do exactly what you're doing on your practice test on the real day, aside from, of course, the things that might be out of your control and mentally prepare for things like that to happen. And I feel like you'll, you'll be a lot more of a calm person. If you can, if you can get your mindset right before you go into the test. Definitely. And I think the last thing I'll say about that is like, if you are a person who notices that this is a pattern in your like life or whatever, like reach out to somebody like, like I'm in therapy, like therapy is amazing because it doesn't necessarily get easier, right? You take the LSAT and then you apply and then you're waiting anxiously to hear back and then you start law school and it doesn't get easier from there. So if like, if anxiety is something that's happening to you throughout your life, right? Like then there are things that you can do, therapeutic relationships that you can build to start to address some of those things more at their root too. So just wanted to throw that out there. No, good. I like the, I like the therapy plug, but seriously, yeah. Like know yourself, reflect, do some self-reflection take care of yourself, like figure out what you need to do your best on this test. Um, so yeah, I think like our general advice is treat it like a practice test, take deep breaths, um, in the moment, um, 
do all the things that you can to prepare, which you're already doing. Like that's all skills based, but keep your routine the same. Um, and, and I don't want to say expect the worst. That sounds so negative, but, but just prepare for things to happen that are out of your control. Um, because when they happen, then you're going to be a whole lot less anxious than like, if you were just like completely surprised, I guess. Well, thank you all for listening. Uh, if there's nothing else, then you can email uh, daily at lsatdemon.com if you'd like to ask us a question or share some LSAT or law school admissions news. Thanks for listening. Thanks.